Good evening, everybody. This is Huge Pop of the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. I hope everybody's doing good tonight. Um, our guest tonight, he debuted in 1997 in Rampage Championship Wrestling. He was trained by Gino the Extreme Harris. Ex, ex, ugh, ex, Exterminator Harris. Sorry about that. His finisher is the Lariat. He is the SICW Classic Wrestling Champion. I'm thrilled to interview the big Texan, Jim. <laughs> How's it going tonight? Well, uh, you know, it was it was going pretty good until we got the news earlier. So Yeah, so um, before we go any further, we're going to just pay respects to um, some of the greatest. Um, we uh, we lost Terry Funk uh, a couple days ago, and then today the news came out that we um, lost another amazing guy in Bray Wyatt. So I'm just going to take a pause, and I'm going to count to 10, and then we're going to go on to the interview. So Yes, sir. It's always hard, man, to lose a a person that you know followed that you follow and stuff. And um, I don't want to get all into everything, but um, I know that you've had conversations with Terry. Um, can you tell us about the man that you knew that Terry Funk was? You know, growing up, Terry was definitely an uh, an idol. You know, uh, St. Louis is such a historic town. For wrestling, you know, it was the home of the NWA. You know, we had wrestling at the Chase, and uh, Terry, uh, of course, he was an NWA champion. Um, I tell my story a lot about uh, my dad uh, used to uh, sit me and my brother down in front of the TV, and you know, wrestling at the Chase, and then uh, old WWF uh, shows was his favorite thing to watch. Um, and that's where I really got, you know, uh, the love of the business or the bug, as they say, is uh, by watching that with my father. And, um, you know, watching Terry become the NWA champion. Uh, of course, mine was reruns. You know, I wasn't watching this stuff live. Um, but, uh, you know, we watched it all. Um, but, you know, WCW, when he came to WWF, when he was at ECW, he was just definitely in an you know definitely in an idol of mine, um, you know because when you get in the business, sometimes you have to do everything to get seen or get known. Uh, so sometimes you do a little hardcore match, uh, you might do a little thumbtack match or you know tables, um, you know because when you're young, you want to go over wh wherever you can. Uh, do whatever the promoter wants, uh, you know, and Terry Funk was definitely someone that he, you can, he can wrestle and then he can do that hard, hardcore style. Uh, so it was best of both worlds. Um, I got to know him because uh, SICW, my home promotion, uh, used to bring him in. As a matter of fact, we did this uh, double uh double stop basically where we had two shows back to back. Uh, I think it was a f Saturday and then a Sunday. Um, you know, we did a Saturday in East Crondelette. That's why I got to meet him, uh, hung out with the bat in the back with him. Great guy. He loved to, once he found out you were one of the boys, it don't matter if you were in wrestling a day, a month, a year, 10 years, you were his friend. Wow. And he treated everyone in the back 
like they were com you know comrades um and spending that day with him that night with him and then him doing the next uh show with us the following day of course it was in a different city it was uh cape gerardo um man he was one of the true legends that you know some of them you you get to meet and you know that old saying don't meet your idols he was the exception everyone was either a fan of his uh became a brother of his if you're in the wrestling um he definitely watched you know the whole show not just what he was part of um and it, he definitely came to you and talked to you said hey you know if you would have done this to the arm you know would have looked so much better and you would have forced him to tap or forced him to do something else i mean he was just a great guy to idle wow man that's that's awesome thanks for sharing your experience um with uh about with terry funk so so um Let's dive right into it. Um, I guess I want to know right away, since I'm a fan, how important are the fans to you as a wrestler, and how important are the fans to the promotion SICW? Well, I, I they're 100% important. They're important to the, the wrestlers. Um, when I first started out, I wore a mask. I was a heel. Uh, I did the, the bad things to other wrestlers. Um, but the fans, you know, kept, it wasn't a, a, a cheer from the beginning, but slowly they were actually getting behind me. And, you know, when they're chanting for you, you know, they're flipping you, they're, they're turning you into that baby face. And that's what eventually happened to me. They, they loved me so much that there was no choice in the matter. I had to be the fan favorite. Um, you know, and then, then the, the run for the belt, uh, and then, you know, I'm currently the SICW classic champion. So the fans is what, is what drives the wrestler. We do this for our fans. I mean, they talk about blood, sweat, and tears. You know, I can't tell you how many bones I broke, uh, how many staples I've got. Uh, I mean, my left foot alone has got a steel plate with six screws in it, holding that foot together. Uh, even I was kind of paralyzed for a good six months and out of wrestling for about a year because I took a, <clears throat> I took a body slam from a guy who uh, body slammed me on concrete. And <clears throat> normally when you land, you land flat back. <clears throat> so that whole blow gets distributed through your whole body. Uh, but I guess he had a little extra rotation on it, uh, and I hit tailbone first on the mm. concrete, uh, and that immediately I lost the the feeling in my legs, um, and that's what actually took me out. So I, I was out because uh, I had so much swelling and so much um, uh, stuff going on in my back that it it took forever for it the swelling to go away, the inflammation to go away, and literally it was like learning how to walk again. Because, uh, you know, I had to walk with uh, crutches. Uh, the first part, I couldn't even walk. I was rolling around in a, in a office chair to get to places. Um, but it's the fans and the love of the business that brought me back. Because um, there was no doubt in my mind. You know, I was married at the time. I had two young kids. Um, I think the third one on the way. 
And it was still my goal uh, to get healthy again, uh, to get mobile again, and get back into the ring. Uh, and I was able to do that. I think it was about a year and a half before I was able to step fe- uh, foot back into the wrestling ring. Um, but along the way, you know, those fans uh, emailing me and texting me and uh, on my Facebook, how are you doing, champ? When can we see you? You know, how's the legs? You know, it's just all that. And then when I was able to get mobile, uh, I would show up to shows, not to sit in the crowd or anything, because I didn't want to take away anything from uh, the other guys. But I would come into the back and, and talk and, you know, all my buddies would be like, all right, so what's the plan? What's your next steps? How can we get you back in? You know, and it's just, uh, it's a family, you know. Um, and the fans definitely do become part of the family because there's some fans that we talk to every single day and we might not have a show, uh, that week, but you know, they're constantly on Facebook. Uh, what's going on? Where can we see, uh, are you only working for SICW this week? Or, you know, um, and it's, some of them comes with great ideas. Like one of them uh, came up with one of the shirts that I, uh, I actually sell and promote, um, so, I mean, they, they very big part of, uh, the wrestlers, but then again, they're the big part of the promotion too. Cause if there weren't fans coming in to see us, you know, there wouldn't be a place for us to go and entertain people. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the fans that come in and, uh, support the promotion. Uh, and then the promotion supports the wrestlers, you know, that's a good chain of command there. Right. That's awesome, man. So obviously you were a fan of wrestling growing up. So who are some of your favorites? Uh, see, uh, I also host a podcast uh-huh. and we do a weekly podcast. And the first question out of my mouth to all my guests, WWF kid or WCW kid. Uh, and, and I say this uh, because WWF was focused on kids, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan, the ultimate warrior, uh, and even the guys that were just labeled like Earthquake or Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, um, were WCW, they were wrestlers. Uh, and I didn't know the, the distinction until I became a wrestler. But as a kid, and I get laughed at sometimes because most of the guests come in and they're automatically WCW, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson. I was... The Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Tugboat, couldn't believe he turned bad and became a uh, typhoon, you know. Right, uh, right. I was that kid growing up. And right. uh, I talk about it, too, because, uh, again, I'm going to bring it back to my father. My father swung a hammer all day long. He was a tool and die maker. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had these huge arms. And uh, he had the Hulk Hogan hairstyle, you know, bald on top, long all the way around. Uh, And before it started going gray, it was blonde. So literally, it was like, as a kid, watching wrestling with Hulk Hogan in the same room with you. And, uh, you know, him loving wrestling, put it on me. I love wrestling. Him buying me all the action figures I wanted. Uh, You know, it was truly Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, you know, I even loved uh, the the kind of bad guys, you know, because I know you got to, for every good guy, there's got to be a heel. So I love the Ravishing Rick Rudes. 
uh, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts, he was like an in-betweener. You know, he was either yeah. good or bad. But I was yeah. definitely a, a WWF kid growing up. Now, do you still watch stuff today? Uh, did you watch the AWWE today, or are you not a fan of that? Uh, I still watch stuff. I, I tell you, being a wrestler, sometimes you get burnt down on things. Right. Especially if, like, our promotion promotes old-school wrestling. Uh, like the stuff you would see in the old NWA days, uh, wrestling at the chase. Um, but you know, being a lover of wrestling, I would still watch wrestling and then get burnt out on it. And then something triggers you to come back in. Something draws you back in. And I hadn't watched wrestling in a few years, uh, until this, uh, bloodline Cody Rhodes, uh, storyline come out. You know, and because Cody was one of them that uh, would, but when he left WWE, he hit our town, uh, not with the promotion that I'm currently with, but he he came with another promotion, just a local fed, and just knowing that a guy who was current was able to go around to these little feds and make a difference. Um, you know, as soon as I heard that he he jumped ship from AEW back to WWE, I was like, wait a minute here. There's a story here that someone's not telling. You know, you you create or you help create a promotion that's off the ground and running, and you leave it to go back to the WWF or WWE. You know, there's a story that's not been told. So I've been watching to see what, it, uh, what you know, turns around with this. Now I haven't watched any wrestling uh, yet uh, this week, so I'm not caught up on uh, on Raw. Um, but uh, and I told you in the private background, I've been uh, besides our famous brothers that's passed away, Terry Funk and uh, Bray Wyatt. I also had a personal uh, my my uh, second cousin uh, actually passed away uh, this week too. So. It's uh, it's not been the greatest of weeks uh, for me personally either, uh, but yeah, I I watch uh, I watched uh, the current NWA though, and they're actually in town this weekend uh, here in St. Louis. Uh, you know, their 75th uh, uh, anniversary. I don't know if I'm going to catch that. I have no plans to catch it, uh, just because I'm booked actually this weekend. Uh, so uh, I got to go there, and uh, well, actually. You know, I don't even know if I'm going to be, I'm probably not even going to be booked um, because of my eye issue that I got. I mean, you guys can see the bandages. So uh, this past weekend, um, I was in a wrestling match. Uh, we have uh, this uh, faction in, in our promotion. Uh, it's uh, Sheik Prater and uh, Attila Khan and uh, Stephen E. that's... Uh, it's kind of running a little rampant, and I was taking on one of their henchmen, uh, Peyton, uh, and uh, I had Peyton beat. You know, my finisher is the lariat, so I was able to. He he worked my arm. I tell you, he worked my arm the whole match, but I still had it in me just to give it one good lariat, and I was going for the three count, one two, and then wham! He hits me with this object that he was carrying underneath his robe. Uh, you know, he slid into the ring and hit me, stopped the count. So it was automatically DQ, no, not a problem. Uh, but he sat there and beat me with it. And Peyton was able to get up and then it healed me uh, just for the right time for Stephen E to actually 
launch a fireball into my eye. Um, and that's why I got this bandage. So I probably won't be wrestling for probably at least a month or so. Cause the right. doctor said, I actually have what they call arc. eye. Okay. um, you know, welders get it. Um, people that's, um, dealing with torches, get it. Uh, it's just like a haze in that eye. Now, some of the skin is burnt, but that's just first degree. So it's not really horrible. It's the eye that, uh, is the main thing. And that's actually going to take a few weeks for it to, uh, to heal and and not be hazed on me um so yeah man he steven e has actually ruined me for a while so that's that's i know i kind of got off the subject there no, but but you're gonna come back and take care of steven e in that fraction right oh there's a bunch of us that's uh um uh, that's trying to get uh, that fraction either broken apart or out of sicw uh right now steven e you know he's uh from you know overseas and he's got this wild uh, idea that he's actually going to buy uh SICW from the promoter Herb Simmons who you had on here uh I think last week yeah uh, over the week before um but yeah so he wants to purchase SICW uh from him you know uh us wrestlers there's a lot of wrestlers like no that's such a bad idea. I don't care how much money in the world that you can get off this guy and his oil money. Um, but uh, we're, we're not going to have it. We're not going to settle for it. So, you know, whatever we can do to actually change, uh, make sure Herb Simmons doesn't change his mind and, and try to sell the company. That's that's where we're going for. That's right. Well, I did have an opportunity to talk, talk to Herb Simmons. What a great guy. What a great man of knowledge. Um, and I do watch your SICW, and I love the old school feel of it's almost like Jesse Ventura is outside the ring interviewing you guys after the matches. And that that brings me back to when I was a little kid watching the WWFs and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So I totally get what you guys are trying to do, and I I applaud you guys for all that. Um, you're a popular guy up in St. Louis area. Um, give us a brief history of how you got started in the sport. Okay, well, so I always, the love of wrestling was instilled inside of me since I was a kid. But uh, I was actually managing uh, a quick loop, and uh, a wrestler actually came in. Um, His name was Blade, uh, and he was uh, one that uh, ran the territory system. You know, uh, most of us in the St. Louis area, you know, we go... uh, up to Chicago, so all up and down Illinois, up and down Missouri. We uh, dabble into Indiana, dabble into Kansas City, down to Tennessee, Arkansas, Oklahoma, you know, that whole, uh, you know, area there. And he just happened to stop in for an oil change. Uh, and I was the store manager, so I was helping him out, getting him built out. And uh, I don't know if you've seen from that promo that I did for you, uh, I'm a big guy. Right. And uh, he took a look at me. He goes, hey, without even telling me he's a wrestler, he goes, have you ever thought about becoming a wrestler? Mm. Uh, and I said, every day of my life. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so uh, he goes, I'm trying to uh, trying to form uh, a promotion of my own. Uh, and I'm looking for talent that I can teach and train. Um, and it didn't quite. I mean, I went with that guy. Uh, it didn't quite work out with that guy. Um, but one of the places that he was teaching us had another promotion 
running out of it too. So I was able to jump promotions uh, and actually start my business, you know, start wrestling. Uh, but like I said, as a, as a, as a rookie, you know, I, I wasn't just labeled in the St. Louis. I was, you know, doing the car ride with six people, you know, going up uh, to whatever small town we can go to or big town, you know, and uh, try to get some uh, matches under our belt, get our name out there. Uh, but yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you have any big influence, any big people that you are influenced by in the business that you, you know, bounce stuff off of all the time? I know you got a genius. I would say Herb Simmons is a genius. Oh, yeah. So well, uh, so we actually got a lot of Harley guys uh, that uh, work for us uh, at the SICW. You know, um, Harley, uh, I mean, you can't say anything bad about Harley. Harley was the toughest one in the business, um, and he trained everyone just like he got trained. And there's books and stories about how he got trained, and I wouldn't want to do it that way. And even my <laughs> training, uh, even my training was uh, let's try to hurt you so you don't come back the next day. You know, let's let's take your money so uh, you know, and then try to get you not to come back. So that's just free money for you. And then, you know, you stuck, stuck it out. I stuck it out, kept coming back, coming, coming back, going to another promotion, learning their way of how to do it, coming back to the other promotion, going back and forth. I would not quit. Um, and Harley was just, just the same. You know, he started when he was like 15, 16, maybe even younger, I think. Um, so there was no quitting Harley. And he trained his guys like that, too. And in our locker room, we're pretty lucky that we have, you know, his his Harley school is still going. Uh, and you can find it from um, World League Wrestling, which is Harley's uh, wrestling promotion. Uh, they're still up and, up and running. You can still get trained by the guys who Harley trained. But our promotion, SICW, we actually have about five or six Harley guys in our locker room. And those are the guys that I would go to. Okay. to bounce an idea off of okay. because, uh, you know, I mean, they were trained by the best. So Right. Yeah. So if I or somebody else would walk up to you and say, man, I talk about wrestling, what advice comes to mind that helped you become a wrestler that you could share with a person wanting to get into the business? Uh, I'll tell you what, I would tell you how, what I did and I actually teach now, um, we have, uh, uh, Bob Orton Jr. Mm -hmm. has a school that we're associated with and that's the ACE Academy. Okay. And, uh, I help Bob teach on Tuesdays. Um, so I'll, I'll give you both ideas, okay. you know, coming in the way I did, you know, I just hit the ground running. I would burn through cars, just trying to get the show to show burn through gas, burn through everything, work a show, didn't get paid for it, got the whole hot dog and a handshake. You know, at one time, I think I even got expired coupons in my pay envelope uh, <laughs> for, a, you know, McDonald's or whatever it was. I can't remember so long ago. Um, but I wasn't really taking care of myself. Okay. You, know, uh, you know, I was just full throttle. So I wasn't hitting the gym. 
Um, you know, I was much skinnier back then. So, you know, you, you're young and dumb uh, and you just go full throttle. I tell my guys now, um, you know, work out besides in the ring. Go to a gym. Get some muscles behind you. Because when you're constantly hitting the mat, falling backwards or getting slammed backwards, you know, your body goes through a hell of a lot. And it can only come back from so many. And we call it a bump card. You know, right. wrestlers only have a certain amount of bump cards on them. But if you protect yourself, if you put on, you know, you don't have to be, you know, like a a bodybuilder or anything, but get fit. Huh? You know, um, eat healthy, clean, uh, clean, uh, clean eating. You know, I, I teach, I tell the guys all that all the time. And cardio, cardio is a must. You know, if you don't like cardio, you might not like getting into this business. Um. You know, I was explaining to one of my rookies today. Uh, once we found out Bray had passed, you know, Bray was so young. And I am not saying anything, but it doesn't look good when someone's young and passes. Right. I've been in locker rooms. Yeah, I've been in the business a long time. And I've been in locker rooms. Did you ever watch the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Wark? No. Okay, so one point in that movie, Mickey Rourke, who's a legend in the movie, uh, a wrestling legend, uh, he's in the back of uh, a locker room, and there's a guy that opens up a briefcase and says, all right, I got this, I got that, whatever you need, I can sell you, whatever you want to do, I, can, I got. You know, I've been in locker rooms like that where any kind of drug you wanted to, you can buy. And it's not like that anymore. The new age, you know, most people are playing video games and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I was telling my rookies, I said, that's what's most important. You know, if you are depressed, seek help. You know, if you find yourself uh, addicted to anything, prescription or unprescribed, seek help. Uh, you know, this business, it used to be, and it still kind of is, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. You know, everyone's trying to climb <laughs> to the top, but they're always trying to work past the shoulder injury or the knee that pops out. Or, you know, because you hear it from the boys all the time. If I'm hurt and I put myself on the shelf, they got to fill that spot with someone else. So I'm not hurt. I'm going to mask this pain. I'm going to keep going and work. And that's another thing I tell these these guys nowadays. Don't do that. You know, understand, yes, you might be losing a, a month or two. I'm probably going to lose a month, hopefully not two. Uh, but it's a lot better for yourself to heal yourself, get yourself back, to, back up to par, and then venture out again and, and you know, try to climb that ladder. Um so yeah, if I someone just would to tell me off the off the street said, "Hey, I want to be a professional wrestler," I would just let them know, "Hey, it's not all what it's cracked up to be. Your body goes through a lot of punishment, um, you know." And I would let let it be known, you know. Sometimes you can get hooked on certain substances. Sometimes you uh, you know drink a lot. 
so be prepared for people like that. But also, I know so many people who just take care of the take cares of themselves. You know, they eat clean. Uh, I hate to say say your prayers to take your vitamins, but you know, somewhat like that. Um, and never say I'm done. You know, keep. You know, when I first started, the first promotion was you know that uh, guy who stopped me at the Valvoline, well at the old change place and got me convinced to be a wrestler. I didn't stay with him. His promotion never got off the ground. So I went to another one. And then that guy, you know, I worked uh, for almost a year under him uh, and all these other guys that would come through the doors. Um, and when it got time for me to actually have the match to show that What happened? I can't hear you. And started working with them and finally made it onto a show. And, and, and so never quit. If this is your dream, keep scratching and fighting for it. Yeah. Thank you for that. So I read an article, I read a story that, um, about you mentioned you wore a mask and then you when he got hurt and but an interesting story was what your father said to you when you were wearing a mask um i read it i maybe i don't want to miss say what you said but i read something that said your father asked you why wear the mask aren't you proud of your last name do you want the fans to recognize you that was a quote from your dad how important was that interaction with your dad and and your um going forward without the mask uh it's uh so backstory behind that uh my father uh left and went to kansas city and started working out there you know come from a, a divorced parents i stayed with my mom uh, my brother actually went with my dad but eventually you know they all moved to kansas city to start all over basically and so my dad would pop back in, you know, uh, and we talked all the time. He was nothing like uh, he didn't want to be a father or anything. Uh, and this was once we got, once I got much older uh, that he actually left. Um, but uh, he would pop back in, um, you know, and stay with me for a week or two weeks or so. And he would always try to do it when I was booked so he can come and watch me wrestle. Now, uh, most of my career, I was underneath a hood, uh, a mask, and I was part of a tag team called Guerrilla Warfare. You know, it was army fatigues, black mask. Um, you know, our coat of arms was whoever's got the most money, pay us, we'll hurt whoever you want to uh, wanna hurt. And, uh, you know, belts didn't mean a thing, you know. And uh, my dad... Once he retired, um, he came back home uh, and to live here, and uh, he was uh, got really sick, like two months, maybe three months into him retiring, and uh, he thought he had pneumonia, so he went to the hospital, and they ran a bunch of tests on him, and actually he had cancer, um, and so they, you know they kept him overnight. He thought still pneumonia, 
but they're like, no, we got to now we got to find out what, you know, type you got. And uh, <clears throat> he had uh, pretty much the worst type. It was, it's a long M word. I done forgot it, but uh, he had cancer in his blood cells. So wherever his blood tra uh, traveled, he can actually develop cancer in that spot. So eventually he had cancer everywhere. He, uh, you know, uh, it was in his bones, uh, his pancreas. Um, I mean, it was, it was just everywhere. And he was taking everything you can uh, to survive, you know, even the stuff that were experimental. And it was in this time frame that he came to a show and uh, it was actually before we even, before the show even started, um, you know, I pulled up, he was already there waiting. And uh, we had this conversation as I was getting my bags out of my car. And he goes, you know, you've always been a heel. You always love people hating you, but you know, they hate Texan. They don't hate you. No one, if they ever knew who you were, they wouldn't hate you. You know, you know, I've always the fun loving kind of guy, you know, and, uh, he, uh, he told me, he goes, wouldn't you want to wrestle without the mask? And you've been doing this for so long. Wouldn't you want to be known as the person wrestling? And, uh, you know, that kind of hit me. And, uh, so yeah, I, uh, um, you know, I immediately went to the promoter. I said, look, Hey, I want to, I, I want to lose the mask. And, you know, as the, the promoter, you know, that's money right there. The guy who's been in the mask for so long tells right. you that he's wanting to losing it. Let's work something together, you know? Right. And so this match that I had was uh, a career versus mask. And, you know, the guy I was wrestling, his name was Gary Jackson. And, you know, he has been everywhere. He's worked for the WWF. He's worked for WCW, worked for the NWA. If there was a place, he worked it. And uh, hopefully, he'll be a, a, your next SICW guest. Yes. Uh, so, I actually became friends with Gary, and I'm very close to Gary to this day. So, you know, I, I don't want to say that I lost that match on purpose, but I probably didn't give it my all. And uh, I, who would want to take the career from Gary Jackson? You know, right. uh, someone who's been there. And so, needless to say, I lost the mask. And uh, immediately it was a switch. As soon as the crowd knew who I was, you know, the cheers started from that day. Wow. You know, they, they immediately took to me. Uh, immediately, my whole character just turned a 180, um, and uh, I, I rode that for a while, uh, and eventually my father passed away, uh, and uh, I don't know if it was the depression sinking in or, or what, but uh, I literally uh, had my, uh, my, my father's wake slash funeral because he wanted to be uh, uh, cremated. So we all did it in one setting. Uh, the very next day I wrestled. 
and uh, I uh, I easy match, and then you know I grabbed the mic and I said, you know, my father is the one that wanted me to uh, to not wear the mask and come out to the public. My father's now gone, and I put the mask back on, and uh, I wore that mask up until COVID hit. Uh, when another person who was like a father figure to me, uh, I actually, I'll have to say I got two other father figures. Uh, one is my promoter, uh, you know, 50 years in the business, you look up to the, some guys like that, you know, but my other father, father figure was Larry Matisek and, uh, Larry was the referee for the wrestling at the chase. Um, you know, he worked very close with Sam Mushnick through that whole promotion when uh, Sam was the NWA uh, uh, president. Uh, but Larry, uh, I actually lived about a mile down the street from Larry. Uh, and he, he would hint to me, you know, you go by the big Texan. Because even as guerrilla warfare, I was still the big Texan. Huh? Um, and he goes, you go by the big Texan, you know, get away from these you know, uh, camouflage gear and the mask and let's get you back to your roots and become, you know, a Texan again, you know, Texans should be strong and proud. And, you know, COVID was hitting. So, uh, no wrestling promotion was open unless you're WWE. And in that process, Larry ended up passing away. Uh, so now I had Larry passing as well, uh, as well. And so, my third uh, father figure, my promoter, Herb Simmons, he uh, he come to me and said, uh, you know, I know how your dad felt. You're not wearing a mask. He was proud of that. I know how Larry felt. You should be a proud Texan. Uh, get away from this. Uh, so COVID gave me that time to sit back and actually think. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, got me out of, uh, you know, the deaths and, uh, you know, cause when your father passes away and I, I, I don't know, no, yours, yours is still alive. You're talking to me about it. Yeah. Um, my, my father was very young. I mean, he, he wasn't, he didn't retire from age. They medically retired him because he actually almost died where he worked. Uh, and he was just lucky that there were some people there that saved his life. Uh, and so they medically retired him. Uh, and then his retirement only lasted a year because I, I guess it was his time to go. Because uh, once he miracle happened, that I guess that miracle happened to give me a year with him. Because I tell you, that year with him, we went to Florida. I have three boys of my own. All of us men got together. We went to Florida, did some stuff that he wanted to do. You know, he wanted to go to the space station uh, where the launches happen. We were able to explore all that. Um, I wanted to go to uh, New Orleans, which if you ever drove from one side of Florida to go to the other side, that's almost like a day right there. So we added to our vacation just so we can do something he wanted and something (laughs) I wanted. You know, I am so lucky that I had that. Yeah. Um, But again, going back to uh, all these talks that I've had uh, with my mentors, 
Um, you know, I was like, let's go back to the roots. You know, I am now the big Texan. You know, I, I come uh, normally with a black shirt, you know, a cowboy hat. My, uh, um, you know, I, I probably only one of a few that wrestle in blue jeans because uh, it's really kind of complicated to wrestle in jeans. I bet. But I, I wear chaps to the ring. I uh, got a branding iron, big T that I come with. Um, so I've been uh, the big Texan this run of the big Texan, I guess, you know, uh, since, uh, the, since the promotion started opening up from COVID. So somewhere in 22, so slightly over a year and a half, maybe. Gotcha. Uh, but I tell you, I've been having the most fun because, uh, uh, the, the fans are just so much behind me and, uh, they stop me everywhere. You know, even when I come in through uh, town, uh, where the show is, if I eat somewhere prior to going to the show, uh, you know, fans are stopping me there. Uh, you know, I went to the grocery store just to get some quick stuff because uh, you don't want to eat a whole bunch of junk food, you know, when you're hitting this different cities. All right. And someone at the grocery store recognized me. Actually, two people at the grocery store nice, recognized nice, me. Nice, nice, nice. You know, so it's just... Uh, it's it's crazy. I definitely got the fan support behind me right now, so I, I wouldn't ask for anything much, you know, anything better than that. That's awesome. So in 2015, well, up to even today, SICW has the Bruiser Brody Memorial Battle Royal. It's a big event for SICW. Yeah, and um, it even became bigger last year. Well, this yeah, year. Yeah, something like I was told, what did Herb Simmons say, 40 or 50 it was supposed to be 50. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, one who uh, had to back out, uh, and that was Black. Uh, oh, gosh, I can't remember his name because he's a fellow Texan, too. I'm going to get shunned here. But uh, uh, Black Bart, thank you. Black Bart. Memory's clicking. Uh, his health isn't the best right now. As a matter of fact, I think they just had a show in Texas for him. Uh, to try to get some uh, his medical bills paid. Uh, so he had to back out. Uh, but JBL, another fellow Texan, came through. And uh, literally everything that JBL made by signing autographs or taking pictures, all that money that he made, he donated uh, to Black Bart, um, you know, to help him out. But, yeah, so, uh, and there was another one, I think, that didn't, uh, wasn't able to make it, um, but he was one of uh, the local legends who also made it to WCW, uh, and his name was Ron Powers, because um, you can you can uh, look him up and you know there's him versus the Giant in WCW or him versus Lex Luger and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't know uh, why, uh, but he wasn't able to make it. So 48 uh, legends was in this place, but it all started uh, because Herb Simmons he had a love for Bruiser Brody. Um, and you know, after Brody's passing, uh, I think it was a couple, a few years after that, that him and Larry decided to have this. So, uh, every year they do uh, a Bruiser Brody battle Royal. And, and if you win it, uh, Barbara Goodish, which is uh Bruiser Brody's widow, uh, she comes into town for this event and she hands you the trophy and you actually carry that trophy the whole year. Um, 
until the next battle royal where you have to defend it, of course. Um, there's only been one person, and it was the person that won it this year. His name is Bobby D. Uh, he's the only one who's ever won it twice. Um, yeah, but I, I was one of them that was actually able to win it. Um, I won it uh, back when I was in my army fatigues, but without the mask. So I was still kind of in the good graces of, uh, of all the fans and stuff. Um, and so it was great uh, because Bruiser Brody, like I said, once you switch from being a fan of wrestling into becoming a worker, that's when you start watching other promotions like the WCW or the older NWA shows. Uh, and then you watch the uh, WCCW uh, in Japan. And, you know, you can't watch any of that without watching a match from Bruiser Brody. And uh, so I've definitely became a fan of Bruiser Brody. Uh, and uh, to win that trophy and to be given it by Bra uh, Barbara Goodish, I mean, hands down, that was probably one of the definite highlights of my life. Uh, but this year's the May, uh, the May show, which turned into a fan fest with the, the 48 legends. Um, that was the night that I was actually went, able to win uh, the SICW Classic Championship. Nice. Uh, so another highlight in my life there. You know, winning that belt. Uh, and it took me almost a year to get in line uh, to get everything lined up to even be in that spot. Um, because, uh, the guy who had it was Attila Khan, uh, you know, part of the whole Stephen E empire. But, uh, yeah. uh, if you ever watch any of his matches, uh, I don't know if you're allowed to cuss on this, but yeah, he's a, a badass. Uh, I mean, uh, he's just like, um, uh, he's a mix of a couple guys, but, um, uh, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, the guy that Bruiser Brody fought a lot. Do you, uh, oh man, no, God, I can't. Uh, Bruiser Brody was uh, a little bit before my time. I was. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, Abdul the Butcher. Yes. See that? Okay. The wheels do work. It just is a little slow. Uh, <laughs> Abdul the Butcher. So he's just like that, where Abdul would hide uh, a utensil, normally a fork, somewhere on his body where the ref can't find it. And, but somewhere during the middle of the match, somewhere, you know, that fork comes out and you end up getting busted open and, and uh, beat to death with it. But, uh, so, uh, Attila's like that. And me and him would, uh, battle one way or another, either singles or in a tag or, uh, an elimination tag. Cause we did that too. Um, but it all came ahead on this May show, the, the fan fest, um, yeah, I had a special referee in the match, which was James Beard. You know, he's uh, uh, another legend uh, from Texas. Um, we had, you know, all the Texas legends in the house, Stan Hansen, wow. JBL. Um, you know, it was just like all the stars were lining up. And I was able to, it was a, even a Texas death match, uh, which Dory Funk actually called um, and explain the Texas death match, uh, to our TV viewers when, uh, if you ever caught catch, uh, well, you said you watch it, the SICW, yeah. uh, YouTube, yeah. um, you know, so he's actually on the phone explaining how his father was the one that came up with that match and explained it. It, it didn't matter how many pins you had, 
Uh, it's just that if you pinned a guy and they had 30 seconds uh, to stand back up and start all over, or if they didn't stand back up, you're declared the winner. And, uh, you know, I had, uh, I mean, me and Tilla fought like cats and dogs in that match. And, you know, chairs, forks, branding irons, they were all used. Uh, but I sealed the deal because I used to come out with a cowbell and, and rope. And I wrapped that around my arm and gave it one final lariat with the cowbell in the center and, and just was able yeah. to knock Attila down for the for the 30 uh, you know, seconds. And then I was awarded the, the championship. Well, that must have been a big deal with JBL and all those guys and oh. at, at a Texas um, death match. So that yeah. must be one of the biggest highlights of your career. Oh, by far is the biggest because uh, I don't know if you ever been to a show that have legends. Uh, most of the time, the legends sign autographs before the show. Then they go in the back and then they come out during intermission, sign some more, uh, and then you don't see them again. Man, we had legends in the audience. They actually came out from wow. behind their tables and wow. sat down in the audience to watch. Um, I mean, it was to have everyone watching you and right. be interested in your match behind you because the crowd just went crazy when they realized Attila couldn't get up. Um yeah, I mean, it was probably the highlight of my life, you know, well, I, um, wrestling I, wise. I watch the XI I watch that promotion down here in the Panhandle of Florida, that's where I live. And um, in Panama City, there's a group called XIW Extreme Impact Wrestling. And um, I've had the opportunity to meet, um, I can't remember that ECW ref, old ECW ref. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, is it Anzo or? Um, yes, Alfonso. Fozzie. Uh, Fozzie, Fozzie or yes. Yeah. I met him, you know. But other than that, they bring guys in like Chase Stevens, and um, they're bringing in Austin Aries, just signed a year contract with them. So I'm excited about that. But yeah. legend-wise, it's Ben Alfonso is who I've met that I would say is a legend. Yeah. So, um, well, I'll heard- tell you, uh, being a kid, one of my first matches, I was probably a year, and maybe two years in the business. Uh, you know, my time frame, I, I really can't. I should have kept back a better record. And I've had uh, a few concussions along the way. So I blame the steel chair shots that I used to take. Um, but uh, I know I was very new to the business when I was able to wrestle my first legend, which was Greg DeHammer Valentine. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I tell you, uh, we are both, you know, good guys, babies, you know, not a heel boner. Well, Greg can go either way. Uh, and he went the other way on me because, uh, you know, we were talking about before the show having this nice, clean match. And he was probably ribbing me the whole way because uh, he uh, told us, told me and him what we were going to do and then um, how he thought it was going to end or whatever. I mean, we all knew he was going to stretch me, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we go out there and as soon as the bell rings, nothing everything that he talked about it was like he just threw it out the window and just locked up with me and we just you know roll it off you know uh, nice. uh yeah i mean so i mean but i you know greg DeHammer valentine tony atlas uh you know bob orton jr before i started actually helping him uh with his uh 
his academy. Uh, you know, those are just uh, some of the legends that actually worked with me personally. Uh, and of course, Bob still works with me personally because uh, I, you know, I should have said him earlier when you're talking about uh, people I talk to because I see Bob every week and to have a Hall of Famer that you can bounce ideas off of. Um, and Bob is still a guy who actually gets up in the ring. So wow. say we have like 12 or 14 students. I can't watch over everyone. He can't watch over everyone. Uh, so we kind of take, you know, people on our own sides and then kind of rotate them through. Um, but if Bob is still sharp enough to where if he doesn't like something that I showed a person, like uh, getting into a particular hold, he'll cut me off and let me get up in there. And he'll get up in the <laughs> ring. He goes, this is how I want you to actually get, you know, get his arm locked into this position. Nice. You know, so it, it, I mean, hands down who who wouldn't want that on a weekly basis absolutely you know? man i uh yeah. when, I, when i was talking to herb simmons um he mentioned that uh he'd like to come back on the show with on a huge pop wrestling podcast and one of the people that he's trying to get to come on with him is bob orton the senior so i hey man i'd be willing to let have anybody i mean that'd be just to listen to stories must be amazing yeah so the the thing about bob you know you might say, hey, uh, you know, what'd you do at WrestleMania four or five? He might not be able to tell you exactly what he did, but if you tell him who he wrestled, he'll be able to tell you the exact match. Sometimes who won, what the time was. And he is so detail oriented when, uh, when you trigger him, uh, you know, and it's great. And this guy is, you know, when I talked to him, uh, like I got on a Japanese, sometimes me personally, I'll start watching a show and get hooked on it. So I was hooked on this Japanese wrestling for a while. And I, I started talking to Bob about it because Bob worked in Japan for a while. Right. And so he was able to tell me, you know, how much he was making a week, uh, who he was able to wrestle. Nice, nice. Uh, and yeah, just the stuff. And my promoter always tells it, um, uh, uh, well, now I can't even think about it. Oh, mouth shut, ears open. Yep. You know, uh, and that, uh, I totally live my life like that when it comes to wrestling because you learn so much just by talking to people. My uh, best conversation with Harley Race, uh, he, you know, his organization, our organization always work together. Or he always come in to see Herb or see Larry because he's still friends with Larry Matisek. And uh, there was a time when there's this table in our locker room. Uh, and uh, he was sitting at the table. And, you know, some of the guys were scared to, you know, you know to come up and, and talk to him. I mean, I'm not saying, hey, how you doing? Shake my hand. Please take a picture with me. I'm saying sit down and actually talk to the guy. And... Uh, I, I love reading and I love reading biographies. So I was able, and I love watching biographies, everything with it, with when it comes to wrestling. And uh, so I was able to sit down, we sparked up a conversation. He was telling me about his J uh, Japan days and how it was his favorite uh, time to work. Um, because when you worked over there, while your match was going on, the crowd was silent. 
you know, so you couldn't tell if you were doing a good job, if the heel was getting over or the baby was getting over. But if you were a true worker, you knew what you were doing was either good or bad. Right. And at the end of the match, they were either going to stand up and cheer you or boo you out of the building. <laughs> and he loved that because that is a true worker and knowing the, his craft uh, and still getting what he wanted throughout the match, but at the end of the match. And wow. we are carrying on this whole conversation. And, you know, slowly as this conversation is going on, more and more wrestlers are sitting down at this table listening to me and him go back and forth. You know, it's the stuff like that that you can't you can't get anywhere else. You no. you can't learn unless you you know you talk to the legends. And as of this week is proof. We lost Terry Funk, true legend, uh, Bray White, you know, a legend in in, in the current days, uh, with a legendary family. Uh, when you have the opportunity to have legends in your locker room, or you go to a fan fest as a fan. You know, I know sometimes it's it's twenty bucks here, twenty bucks there, thirty dollars there. Spend the money, get your autograph, get that picture, spend some time talking to that legend, because what he has is priceless. And you never know, like yesterday, Terry Funk passing away, when they're gonna go, and we just right. lost him. So, yeah. uh, and I know I met um the guy behind me. That picture, that's uh, JBL and um, uh, Ron Simmons. Oh, yes. They were at a Pensacon um, last year. And, you know, everybody's in line to see Jungle Boy and all the younger guys. And, man, I took the opportunity just to ask them just questions from the fans' perspective. And they they said, sit down out here. They sat between them, and they were just going back and forth, talk, talking. We probably talked for 20 minutes. You know, and uh, it was, I got to, you know, I got the picture. I, I did it, you know, and it was, but I listened to what they had to say. And I'm like, man, geniuses. Oh, I, I tell you, there was a picture uh, of that fan fest where out in the hall, they had places for people to sit. Out in the hall, it was uh, <clears throat> uh, JBL. It was uh, uh, Gerald Briscoe. It was J.J. Dillon, hmm. uh, and I want to say uh, Tugboat was out there. Uh, but they were all having a beer, and they were all sitting around in a circle and telling stories. And who wouldn't want to be a fly on the wall Absolutely. when you have those four? Or any, uh, you know, 48 Legends was there. Uh, but just to have those four in a room where everyone was just passing by because it was in the hallway. Yeah. Um, God, be a fly on the wall and hear all the conversations. I mean, I heard a lot of conversations that night and the night before leading up to it because, uh, you know, uh, the bars closed uh, pretty late. And uh, when they did close, we found other places to go. So I was definitely uh, able to hang out with uh, some legends and uh, – uh, and hear some of those stories. This is the best part about being a wrestler is being able to see your idols. Uh, you know, and they, I, I've not, well, I take that back. I've met only one wrestler in my lifetime that uh, was not uh, worthy of uh, 
and it was a bad part of his lifetime because he was going through some alcohol stages. So I'm not even going to say his name because the next time I meet him might be a great time. Uh, but, you know, I've been doing this over 20 years and only one time did I ever have a problem with a legend. Uh, but everyone else has been great. And I've hung out with Harley Race, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. You know, I, I've, I've hung out with them all. So yeah. I mean, That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So I do have kids that I, I, I foster kids. And before I um, before it gets too late in the conversation, they have some questions for it. That's real quick. Um, so they ask, ask them, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yeah. Well, uh, my wife makes this. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. And it's probably not the healthiest thing in the world. Um, she uh, loves Italian food, so anything with noodles, she's like the best chef at. Uh, but there's uh, the name of it escapes me. Uh, but she has this noodle dish that she cuts up uh, sausage and uh -huh. even bacon and uh -huh. even steak and mix it in with these noodles. Uh, and of course, celery, you gotta throw a little bit of healthy stuff in there, right? Right, you know, celery and onions <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. But oh my god. And then she makes this killer um, beanless chili. Uh, you know, Texan, you you got to have some chili in your life. And I love beans, so I love that style too. But she makes this beanless style uh, nice. to, to die for as well. Nice. TV show, favorite TV show? Man, uh, I love uh, Heels. If huh? you guys ever catch yep. that, it's yep. about wrestling. Yep. Uh, so I'm always watching that. Um I love survivor shows too. So like naked huh? and afraid or yep. alone, yep. Um, you know, anything that teaches you how to survive in the woods or any type of place with just sticks, your bare hands and you know, uh, anything like that. I love watching those type of survivor shows. My wife is currently watching, um, um, something on Mars. Um, oh, <laughs> is it the celebrities that go to yeah, Mars? Yeah. Yeah. I tell you no. what, uh, I have uh, my middle child uh, just uh, went past uh, his boot camp for his uh, Air Force. Um, and he told me, he goes, watch these clips off of uh, YouTube, and I'll kind of tell you how my uh, uh, six, six weeks or six and a half weeks, I guess, of uh, uh, boot camp goes. He goes, it's kind of like that. And then that show came on and I watched like the first 15 minutes of it. And yeah. it was nothing like what he had me watch. And I knew it right away. It was, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it was made for celebrities. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, then another guy, uh, what, what's your favorite snack? Uh, you know, honestly, I love uh, a lot of fruits. So, okay. you know, I keep uh, bananas well stocked in the house. Uh, you know, uh, so yeah, anything that I can eat that's a little bit healthier than just reaching for a donut, you know? Yeah. Does getting hit by a chair hurt? Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, so like I said, I've been knocked out a few times. Uh, I've been concussed, uh, one time, uh, it's <laughs> weird story here. Uh, I was in a tag match and, uh, I was, uh, suplexing one of my opponents and his head hit the mat, came back up and then smacked me in my eye. Wow. Uh, so it wasn't even a chair shot. Uh, and as soon as he hit, I like, 
I was out. And uh, it was a tag match. So those other three opponents, well, the two opponents and my partner started, you know, going at it, buying me some time. And eventually I wake up in the ring and realize what I'm doing. <laughs> like, why am I in a ring? Uh, and I was able to uh, get cleared up and finish the match. But uh, I've definitely wrestled, uh, you know, we proud ourselves on hearts, you know, old school wrestling. So, you know, uh, back in the day before they did the whole cushion protocol, you know, there was no trying to block it. You were a man and you took it to your head, you know, and uh, I took a lot of chair shots. And that's why I said the hamster's in there rolling, but uh, sometimes he's not as fast as he used to be. Right, right. So I've noticed that, you know, you talk about your lariat that you use and you got a hell of a chop that you do. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, there's right now we got Seamus, Gunther, Drew McIntyre, you know, those guys, I would not want to, that the way Seamus' chest looked after that one match with Drew, holy cow. No, uh, I had, so, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. So other than yourself, is there anybody in SICW that has a better chop or a good chop? All right, so I'm not going to say they have a better chop. But there's a guy named Sheik Prater who uh, throws one hell of a chop, too. Um, yeah. It, and, you know, Bobby D, he has this double chop that you don't see on WWE right now. Uh, but he throws this one chop open-handed. And before you can even, you know, hold your chest, there's another hand coming that way. And so it's like a ba-bow. You know, so... Uh, yeah, he's got a pretty good one, but uh, you know, everyone who uh, who likes it the old-fashioned way, they always throw a chop in there somehow. And uh, I think uh, you know, my hand—I got a pretty big hand, and uh, I've had some opponents send me pictures of their chest the next day, where you can actually see clearly the whole outline of my hand, and some of them even fingerprint, you know, marks. Uh, but I, I throw it to hurt them. You know, I, I throw it to uh, get the biggest sound I can get. And, you know, I love hearing, damn, my, your handprint was on my chest for a week. Or, you know, that's uh, satisfaction in my book. Yeah. So I love SICW. And I, there was a quote that I found that um, I want to just read the quote. And I want to get your input on it. Um, the quote was by Herb Simmons. The best old school wrestling in USA, SICW, is a descendant of St. Louis Wrestling at the Chase and the St. Louis, Missouri, St. Louis Wrestling Club. The NWA was founded by the late Sam Muchink and uh, got that name wrong and ran successfully for 40 years. Herb Simmons learned how to promote and book with Larry Matt Matisic. Matisic and Muchnik. Herb was has worked with everyone from Ted DiBiase to Bruiser Brody. Do you stand tall by that quote? Is that the definition of what SICW stands for? Yeah, we, uh, we're definitely old school. You know, uh, you can, I mean, I'm sure Herb told you uh, last week or so, but, uh, and me being able to hang out with Larry Matisek and being able to hang out with Herb, two of the great guys, you know, and me, again, closing my mouth, opening up my ears, yeah. I was able to hear all the stories. Uh, you know, Sam Mushnick, you know, when it when there was a problem 
in the NWA because there's a territory system. So yeah. when two territories fought against each other, Sam Mushnick was the president. So he had a quad, you know, he had to, you know, get that solved, uh, squash it, you know. Right. And everyone respected him. Uh, he always wore a suit and tie. And Herb took that from Sam. Everyone respects Sam, you know, uh, I mean, respects Herb. You know, if you guys come up with a pay, you know, your pay's there. Uh, you know, if he says you're booked, you're booked. You can go to that show. And there's been plenty of times when you go, when, and I've done it. You know, you go talk to a promoter over the phone. He promises you this and that. You get there and this and that turns into nothing and expired coupons. You know, so I've been burnt plenty of times, but there's not a day that I don't see Herb uh, that he's not in a suit and tie. Oh. He he uh, says goodbye to every person in the audience after the show. I mean, the legends actually for this past May show, some of the legends actually called Herb and said, hey, why ain't I on here? You know, so when you don't have to call them and they call you. Must be doing something right. You're doing something right, and you got the respect. Absolutely. Now, the last thing I I can want to talk about is uh, I hear about Herb shared stories about the chase. What are your experience? Do you have a one experience that you can share from working in the chase? Have you been at the chase? See, so I'm I'm like right in the the age gap that uh, wrestling at the chase was over, um, but I was able to watch the reruns. Okay. And they every you know ten years or fifteen years they'll do a new uh, like uh, throwback to the wrestling at the chase where they start showing them again uh, and they make a, a new story about it uh, and now the NWA is back you know they've been here the last three years wrestling at the chase um, and they're back this weekend too uh, and we are actually Herb is bringing us to the chase this year where we're going to wrestle there. So that's going to be that question that you have. Yeah. There's so many wrestlers that I watched there. And last year I was able to go to the NWA, go into the same place, watch the show there, just how it was on TV because the, the same chandeliers that were that you could see from back in the day. Wow. It's still there. Still they there. didn't really change that room at all because that—that's how much that room is such legendary. You know, it's got a legendary status to it. They right. didn't want to touch it, and so it's actually going to be my honor to actually wrestle there this year. Wow! Um, but some of the people that would come through there, like uh, Kevin Von Erich, uh, you know, he was actually born. Um, in Illinois, uh, Collinsville, Illinois, is where they stayed. Uh, you know, Belleville is my hometown. Right. Um, you know, it's where I stayed growing up, uh, and it's just like ten minutes away from where where he was born. You know, uh, or grew up uh, when he was over in St. Louis. So many people from wrestling at the Chase used to come to Belleville. Andre the Giant, one of his favorite bars was here in Belleville. Uh, and after every show that he was at, he would come there. Is uh, the uh, English's bar, uh, and 
wrestling has been around in this area for a long time. And this area loves wrestling. Um, and sometimes maybe a little too much because there's a lot of promotions just in this local area. And so as a wrestler, you got to know which ones to work for, which one is going to get you places that you want to go, which one's going to pay you what you feel you deserve. Uh, and you got to work for those ones that are legitimate. And Herb Simmons, like if a legend is calling you saying, hey, put me on this card, you know you're in the right spot. Absolutely. So when is that opportunity for you this year? What what month? Uh, I want to say it's in October. I want to say okay. it's uh, like last week of October, right before Halloween. So I think what I'm, I mean, I'm just going to run this bio. I, I would like to do a few shows in um, December. I have some ideas. And one of the ideas I have is because I do have uh, Mr. Gary on my show next week. Um, and uh, if I can get a couple of you guys from SICW in December as a year-end year uh, show to see how you get what what the last part of 2023 is pro- happening to you guys i'd love to pick your brains and man it, uh, i'm sure we'll all jump for it because uh that wrestling at the chase show uh brett hart is going to be there yeah he's the one that's going to be the the host okay. um we got this one show that we've been doing every year it's uh the missouri athletic club um and herb said it's the closest thing to wrestling at the chase because you go into this building that has got all these baseball players, hockey players, and they're here to watch, and lawyers and doctors, uh, all these fancy people, and they're there to watch wrestling. And it's lightly dimmed. The women uh, that are there are, you know, dressed to the nines. The guys are all in suits. They're smoking cigars, drinking the whiskey or whatever. And then we come out to and and wrestle, uh, and uh, you know it's it's like walking into the past when yeah. you when you wrestle there. And that night, Jake the Snake Roberts is going to be there. Wow, uh, Jimmy Hart, which is like Jimmy Hart, comes through our our uh, promotion probably six times a year. Uh, him and uh, Herb are like best friends, just about. Um, but then uh, Hexall Jim Duggan is also going to be there that night. So it's it's a constant flow of uh, legends coming in and out of SICW. That's awesome. So I just want to thank you, Big Texan, for coming on the show. I thank you for taking the time out of your night and um, sharing your stories. They were some amazing stories. I didn't even have to ask my questions, and it was <laughs> – so I really yeah. – I, I, I appreciate your – your storytelling and um your your what you went through and how how your wrestling career has been evolving i just love that that you took the time for us so my last thing i want to know is if you could tell the fans in your own way and i don't care how you do it um where they can find you how they can get if you have merch i don't know if you have merch or anything like that what they can do um and well, i'll let you i'll let you close the show Sure. Um, but I want huge pop wrestling fans. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to turn over the mic to Big Texan, and he's going to end it after he's done talking. I'll play the exit song, but don't go anywhere. Stay in the um, bottom. Don't 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 log off. All right, no. not a problem. Thank you guys for coming in. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Big Texan right now, and he's going to close it up. All right. So uh, I'm on all the socials. Uh, if you search, you know my real name, legit. My real name is Jim Hofarth. Uh, H O 
uh, uh, man, I can't even pronounce, uh, spell my own, H-O-F-F-A-R-T-H. If you look through that, if you type in that name with the big Texan, I'm going to come up in anything, whether it be YouTube, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, uh, the X, you know, which was Twitter, um, you know, and then I also run a podcast, the Squared Ring podcast. We do it weekly, uh, and it's it's based on SICW wrestling, or if something dramatic happens within that week, you know, we try to cover it, give our opinions on it, just like you do. Uh, but yeah, Jim Hofarth, Big Texan, just throw that in a keyword somewhere and you'll find me. And uh, you can always uh, come to a SICW show. Um, and I sell t-shirts and uh, um, just about everything, pictures, whatever you uh, whatever you think of. I, I, I sell these little bells too. Kids love those little bells. But yeah. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for having me on. It's, it's been an honor, a pleasure. Uh, I love doing these and, uh, um, you know, I'd love to come back on. That's all I got to say. Awesome. Extreme.